This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday World Games, episode number 33. I'm joined, as always, by my host, Liam Jones. Liam, I bought a new computer. Oh, yeah. Give us the specs. Give us the dates. Run them down. I don't know the specs, but uh, sure. <laughs> is there liquid cooling? Probably not. I'm just going to go with buzzwords that I know. <laughs> liquid cooling, is there? does it flash multiple colours? It doesn't. I actively did not buy one that flashed multiple colours. Well, what's the fucking you know, point I'm not of a buying, teenager. What's the point of buying a computer that doesn't flash multiple colours? Like, literally, it's like, the, the, uh, most of the higher-end ones are gaming PCs these days, or at least in Irish stores, and I was like, I don't want one that, like, turns bright yellow, I just want a freaking computer. A freaking computer. Yeah. You are the Dr. Evil of the Voices of Wrestling universe. I don't know, oh, oh yes, one million dollars, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it's been a bit of a calamity of errors. <laughs> throwaway line of oh yes one million dollars um yeah so uh, i bought a because it's a tower pc so i need a new monitor but i accidentally bought a monitor that didn't have internal speakers Ooh, yeah i did the same mistake <laughs> so the first couple days i had to use earphones and then i i, I did buy uh, my sound bar came today so it, uh, it does in fact now have noise which you is, can hear is, is quite pleasant yes but I also accidentally deleted the entire contents of my external hard drive. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's been a week. Uh, thankfully, I've been able to recover the entire contents of my external hard drive. How long did that take? Uh, oh, it took about... Uh, it's still not actually finished. It's currently... I've recovered it all onto another drive as well as my computer. And now I'm moving it all back onto the original drive, which was corrupted. So thankfully, all like 3.2 terabytes of data has been recovered. But, uh, yeah, arduous couple of days for me, Liam. A very uh, tumultuous time. Yeah, this is, like, the computer's fast. That's a plus. Ooh. I have that going for me. <laughs> you can do it for all of the computer games that you play on the computer. I play no computer games on the computer. Basically, my, my old computer, which actually is only two years old, but still, uh, it, it started just getting slow. And I ask a lot of computers, particularly on Tuesdays for Impact, but, like... It started getting slow just opening multiple tabs. And at mm. that stage, I'm like, you must go out to pasture if you cannot keep more than, like, four <laughs> tabs open at once. My laptop is currently struggling with uh, staying turned on. Oh, that's always a plus. Uh, yeah, not that, like, it'll die, but it'll, like, shut down the screen to save battery while the settings say not to do that. And... Uh, battery. I'm having battery issues. It's just the battery is getting drained very quickly. Uh, so you basically have to leave it plugged in all the time? I have to now. And like, I think I'm roughly three years into this laptop. So I'm just, I'm just hoping, hold, hoping and holding. I'll send you, I'll just send you my old computer to the mail. Oh, Don't, actually, no, I, I, I might need it, but still. Nope. You already promised it live on the podcast. There's no way that could be edited out. Uh, yes. Now, who knows who edits this thing? <laughs> yeah, no one knows. Uh, so, anything else going on in your world other than my computer woes? Uh, I was on a podcast. I was a guest as an esteemed member of the War Games family. Is this your first ever podcast guest host spot? 
no. I've been on podcasts before. Oh, okay. Like twice, I think. So this is your third time being invited on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I've done like, I, th- I think I reviewed Wrestle Kingdom 10? I did a post. That was ages ago. Did a reaction show. And that's about it. And uh, how, how did Omakase go? Did you enjoy it? There's lots of, yeah, I'm just going to come in here and start burying it. <laughs> uh, we, we talked about how John is our, mo- our most prolific listener. Yes. Far and away. And also, I, I admire the fact that John does, in fact, listen all the way to the end. Like, because mm. I'm, I'm a person that tunes out for plugs. So, although thank you, John. They admitted that they didn't listen last week. So I could just regurgitate all of our points from last week's show when talking about Double or Nothing. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, Double or Nothing happened. Did you like Double or Nothing? Oh, this is an hour Double or Nothing review. I'm going to talk about it again. Um, yeah, I thought everything was fine at worst. <laughs> I didn't hate anything. Glowing endorsement. Everything was fine at worst. Yeah, um, and the main event was amazing. Uh, yes, the Stadium Stampede was everything you could possibly hope it would be. Uh, joy and happiness. I like wrestling. All right, so now it's time for your complete not to turn around on Brody Lee. Please speak to the crowd. What do you mean? Complete? I, I think Brody Lee is a great wrestler and a terrible character. I continue to stand by that statement. He's just like, that, that, that made it all the more worse that he's this stupid, idiotic, cringy Vince McMahon character when he's a such a better wrestler than that nonsense. Stop giving him a character that is worse, worse than what he had in WWE. Mm. I I take the Bludgeon Brothers over this. I want the hammers uh, over. What if he, what if he brings out a hammer while being Vince McMahon? He'll lay the hammer down on John Moxley. John ah! Moxley. Yeah. So probably <laughs> the, the match was great. Probably a little better than I thought it would be, even especially for an empty. You were match. down on the match. And, you do. You weren't hyped for it at all. Yeah, and well, because the build was awful, and I hate the character. But yeah, they had a great match. I think that's the key. Just let Brody Lee wrestle. Yeah, he's like this wild man wrestler. Stop making him be Vince McMahon and let him be a wrestler. And then, because oh, we're going in reverse order now, uh, I also really liked the Sheeta Nyla Rose match. Yes, uh, once again, a, a really great women's championship match after the uh, Nyla Rose against Riho match, which I think was probably slightly better. But still, the, uh, yeah, women's title matches delivering lately. About, about on the same, uh, same, uh, whatever. They're about as good as each other. <laughs> Well, if, if uh, Sheeta and Nyla Rose had a crowd, it probably might have been better. Well, it did have a crowd. A crowd of 40 screaming AEW maniacs. Yeah, everyone's favorite people. The AEW maniacs, brother. What are you going to do? The AEW galaxy, as they were called that one year <laughs> show. Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. And what else? Theme song. Oh, and Brian Cage debuted. <laughs> Yes, dum 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 Former Impact Heavyweight Champion of the World, former X-Division Champion Brian Cage, debuted in L Elite Wrestling. Uh, you're very excited because you're a big fan of Brian Cage. He got in the ring and he immediately did Wardlow shit. Yeah. Like, that's fucked up. Well, that's a, that's the innate problem with dearest Brian Cage. That you have a younger Brian Cage right there. Yes, but I suppose, uh, in th- well, is he younger? I don't think they're actually that far away apart in age. Wardlow. I'll search Brian Cage's age, you said Wardlow's age. Wardlow's 32. Brian Cage is 36. Yeah, he's a whole four years younger. Don't worry about it. Which is like, that's not like generationally different. Generationally different. Wardlow, ready to go. It's not like, oh, put Brian Cage out the pasture, even though you'd want him to put Brian Cage out the pasture because you hate Brian Cage. You have a real irrational hate of Brian Cage. I don't know, man. That's just, I just don't find him particularly interesting. 
Like, it's not even a case of, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I don't really like him. You hate him. I don't you hate, hate Brian him. King. Stop saying I hate him. You said your exact words were, I will quit the podcast if he wins the AW Championship. To be fair, you said something similar. About Jay White. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Jay White's going to win it. And you're like, you will quit. Jay White's better than Brian Cage. I'd rather watch Brian Cage murder people than Jay White do. Well, actually, Jay White's a great wrestler who is also a terrible character. <laughs> yeah, let's get into Jay White on this podcast. Uh, the Bullet Hot Club hasn't debuted yet. We have to wait for that. Eventually, one day. And then Kenny bah, can like bah, do bah, another bah, thing where he talks club. about the lion. And then mm. he can write some more fan fiction <laughs> live on air. And Kota will finally debut in AW and we'll have Golden Lovers against Cold Dust. Oh yeah, is that the dream match? Yeah, well, in fairness, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll, no, we'll go straight to AW. AW no, 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 I have things, I have plans, remember? <laughs> but we were, we're already ten minutes in, what are your plans? I... I, I went to the Discord, Garrett. I, interaction with our fans, you fuck. Oh, yeah, you told me not to look. Yeah, okay. So You uh, can't be like, oh, I had interaction with our fans. Don't look at it. And then shame yeah, me for I'm not gonna looking do it, at it. I'm going to do it to you now. Live on All the right. pod. Go on. <laughs> so I went into the Wednesday War Games uh, Discord tab. Is that what you call them? Channel? Mm-hmm. Channels, I believe, yes. And I said, because nothing happened on these shows... <laughs> And no, was, no, no, nothing happened. Nothing on this of interest happened. I was like, you know what? Please send in any gamer questions for Wrestling War <laughs> games. You say that as if, like, the revival didn't. No, nope, nothing on this of show, interest happened on these shows. So we're going to answer some questions. <laughs> we're going to answer some Q&As. Fight pit. Yeah, nothing. I say, so, uh, John. Uh, open bracket, Omaka say close bracket, asked, when will you and Garrett review Sailor Moon? Uh, never. Why no. would I review Sailor Moon? The only anime I watch is Naruto. Yes. And I don't even watch that anymore. We'll get around to it. Me. <laughs> we'll get back to it. Or Garuto as I prefer. Yeah, yeah. I'm still paying for Crunchyroll, by the way. <laughs> I get mine for free. <laughs> um, Why? Because Australia has like a free Crunchyroll. That's so upsetting. Yeah. Um, Liam for D. Crunchyroll getting five hey. bucks a month for, for me for not even paying for Naruto. That's not a gamer question. That's an anime question. Is there a Sailor Moon video game? There's definitely Sailor Moon video games. Uh, there's probably a number of Sailor Moon video games. You're a Sailor Moon. Liam D. McCann, <laughs> McCann, uh, said, "Hi, Liam and Garrett. What game developer? <laughs> what game developer do you want to do a wrestling game? And I'm not just thinking, what developer do you want to do a game where you do matches and the wrestling? Be creative, fam. I have my answer. So you want me to say mine so you can think about it? Nintendo. Just Nintendo doing a wrestling game. <laughs> Nintendo would make a great wrestling. Well, they actually made right. They made pro wrestling on the NES, but Nintendo would actually make a great wrestling game. I want Arc System Works to make a New Japan fighting game. <laughs> I want Nintendo to make a, a, a turn Smash Bros into a pro wrestling game with like suplexes and brain busters and shooting star presses, but you do them as Link. Do you? Do, oh, so you want you still want Nintendo characters just doing wrestling? Yeah, I, I, I still want like a Samus doing a, a freaking Springboard 450 Dragon Runner or something. All right, so you just want DLC for Smash that's wrestling themed. Yeah, put him in a wrestling ring and let him do wacky moves, Sakurai. You're not doing anything at the moment. Go do it, Garrett. This one is directed to you. Uh-huh. Uh, what would you say to someone who accidentally threw away their copy of Breath of the Wild? Hypothetically, of course, from Dust Buster. Uh, I'd say go get a new one, even though it's still full price. <laughs> oh, Nintendo. Um, Joyman sent like five questions, and mm, I think two of them are video game related tangentially. 
Do them all quickly, rapid fire. Okay. How do you see Wardlow splitting from MGF? What do you, uh, and who do you think will be the person we'll, to get no, him to the main uh, event? We'll talk about that in the show. The second one, we'll talk about the show. Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, MGF, and Hangman Page are the young stars uh, AEW was hoping to cultivate. But who do you think out of the rest of the roster has a great chance of becoming a big deal? Wardlow. Wardlow. Um, Nobody else. Do you think Santana Luther. and Ortiz can get up there as an all-time great tag team for AEW like they were for Impact? Yes, if just it's basically a matter of whether or not they're pushed at that level. <laughs> Fair enough. Given that Matt Hardy started his cinematic stuff in Impact following his defeat uh, to EC3, I wouldn't mind some retrospective thoughts from Garrett. Is the end result anywhere near what you expected or thought possible at the time? Uh, I don't know. It's the same as it was in 2016. Like, it hasn't really developed or evolved in any meaningful way. He's still doing more or less the same thing, the same jokes he was doing in 2016, so... Uh, no, no, I guess. Yes, uh, yes is the answer to that question because it's exactly what it was four years ago. Finally, if Brian Cage is Wolverine, which X Men characters do other AEW wrestlers correspond to out of the X Men movie franchise? Um, all right, so uh, John Moxley is Cyclops. Wardlow is the Juggernaut bitch. <laughs> yes, of course. Our <laughs> uh, who else do we have? A uh, shame it's on impact question because of course Ace Austin is Gambit. Um, uh, how dare you? Uh, uh, Leva Bates is all of the women due to her fantastic cosplay skills. No, she's clearly just Mystique, then. <laughs> That's true. Yes, yes, that makes sense due to her chameleon-like abilities. Mm. Um, Cody is a fucking Iceman. Uh, do we have any bald men? Christopher Daniels is Professor X. That actually is pretty on the money, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hardy is Magneto. No, Chris Jericho's Magneto. Come on. Yeah. Darby <laughs> Allen is Nightcrawler. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think. Uh... Alright, I'm going to just give you AW names and you got to tell me who they are. Alright. Codester. Uh, Cody is... Hmm. He's the He's... fire guy that I forget. Uh, it's Human Torch. That's <laughs> He's not Human Torch. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the guy who could, like, he had a lighter and he could firebend. <laughs> I forget his name. I don't remember his name. I think it was Pyro. <laughs> Sounds it. Um, the Young Bucks. Uh, who are a team? No, the Young Bucks are, are Pyro and Iceman. No, so I already gave a... them. We already... <laughs> Alright, fine. Sorry. Who's Kenneth? Uh, Kenneth is... <laughs> no, Kenneth Ooh. is Cyclops, because Cyclops is the biggest dork of them all. But I uh, made a very funny joke about Cyclops being John Moxley, because he spent most of the, the year running around with one eye. Uh... Kenneth is Storm. Big Storm. Yeah, I, 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 I can vibe with that. Um, Brandy is very clearly, uh... Rogue. No, not Rogue. Uh, Phoenix. Jean Grey. Jean Grey. Yeah. Uh, we'll do... We'll end on a hot one. Who is JR? Jim Ross is... Um, hmm. Moira <laughs> um, McTaggart. Says <laughs> <He's> Beast. <laughs> uh, Brian, well, Brian Cage is Wolverine, but he'd be a good beast, as well, especially with his blue tongue. <laughs> Self-rib. Oh, dear. So is, that, is that all our questions? I believe that is all of the questions. Every week we talk about AEW Dynamite, WWE NXT, AEW one last week. So we will kick off with AEW Dynamite, which we also kicked off with the Young Bucks and Matt Hardy against Joey Janela and Private Party in a really fun match. We got a cool little segment where Matt was like, I don't want this Matt Hardy. And then like 90s Matt, Team Extreme Matt Hardy going, I don't want this Matt Hardy. And then what I think was meant to represent like young Matt Hardy, but he was wearing his, like, like 2000... Like Omega Matt Hardy? Yeah, but he's wearing his 2009 key gear. 
Mm. Which I think was meant to be him as, like, young boy Matt Hardy, 18 in WWE somehow. And they decided, yes, that was the Matt Hardy they wanted. Old school, like, really young backyarder Matt Hardy. Like, uh, when Jeff was 17 and still working WWE (laughs) illegally. Matt did did a moonsault! He broke out a moonsault in this match. With his big Jimmy knees. This was a really fun match. Yeah, Matt Hardy. Again, say what you will about the character. Love or hate the character. Matt Hardy, bell to bell, has been really good in AEW. Yeah. And I think this is the best his gimmick's been in forever. He's just bouncing between characters. Yeah, but I think that's a good way because like what you've said from the start, it's like it's a catchphrase character. And if you can't do the catchphrases, what's the visual equivalent of the catchphrase? Doing the gag where he changes from different generations of Matt Hardy. Indeed. The Butcher and the Blade attacked the Young Bucks after the match before the Revival or FTR or Fuck the Rest. Fuck oh, the language. Rest. Not the best. Um, I just wanted to give Mark Quinn some credit because I bought on his injury completely. Oh, yeah. and It was clearly just a way to get Matt Hardy out of there. Mm. Which I, I thought it, it also, it was a nice little wrinkle to Matt Hardy's character that he would, in fact, sportingly help his opponent and out. And from the start, he was worried about it. I also thought Isaiah Cassidy did a really good job of selling it, too. Because um, before mm. he came back in and he took the finish and lost, um, he was screaming to like Mark Quinn, like, come on, you can do it. We're almost there, almost there. And like, I thought that was really believable. Whereas the second their post-match attack was there, uh, me and my galaxy brain, I was like, oh, that's why they had him do the injury. Mm. Uh, but yes, the Revival showed up. How do you feel about the Revival showing up with another crowd, Liam? This was the... Okay, like, at the start, I said that I was very, like, adamant. We stick. We wait, keep everything off until you have a crowd to... Pop for it, right? No title changes, no mm-hmm. tit, no turns, no debuts. But we just, like, this is the new reality. You can't hold off on everyone for another two months, another three months. You just have to do the best you can do. And I think this was, like, the best way they could debut someone in front of uh, a non-important crowd. You know what I mean? And the, the problem, the bigger problem is you don't know whether it's going to be two months or yeah. three months. It could be five months. It could be six months. You really don't know it when It could all kick back up again and we could go buildings. into a second run of this shit. Yeah, so you, you can't really just sit in a holding pattern anymore. You just kind of have to start moving on. Like, and like, yeah, they, they had the 40 people there who cheered and, and it, made it feel it got a decent. It always, AEW's been so perfect with their presentation of their shows, I feel. Like, even when something like this happens, they still popped enough that you're like, oh shit, there's a pop for it. It's not 10,000 people shitting themselves, but it's the closest you're going to get. It's it's 40 people shitting themselves, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's noise. It's yeah. no, I'm actually talking about that NXT's approach to the crowd <sighs> on the back half of the show, which I have points to make about NXT's approach to crowds on multiple levels. But um, I liked the Revival's car. It was better than Cody's car and more meaningful than Cody. At least it looked like they actually drove into the building as opposed to Cody's where he literally just drove three feet. Mm. Because you saw, you could feel Cody come from a stopped position. Like at least the revival <laughs> seemed like they were driving in. They just got there, as opposed to Cody, who who was like five. He literally got in the car and drove five feet. It's stupid, you but alas. And unlike um, some of the other jumps to AEW, like I feel like FTR felt the most at home immediately. Well, they've been building this angle on Twitter for four years. They've been building it longer than AEW's been around. (laughs) Much longer than AEW's been around. So, there you go. Revival showed up. Yeah, and I'm very excited. Um, I'm I'm glad it happened because I was like, oh, really? We're going back to Butcher and the Blade against the Bucks? That was like their debut feud, basically. 
I was, I was thinking, Poor Butcher and the Blade are always just like props for whatever story. It's like, you're MJF's guys, now you're just guys for the revival to beat up. And, and now you're like, probably going to start feuding with the natural nightmares on Dark. Yeah. Well, has, is Ali still associated with them? Because she, she's she's doing her own thing now. Yeah, but I, I my assumption was that like that's going to be a... Of the eventual play is going to be them against uh, Butcher and Blade. And like it's going to be not building to of... an alley against Brandy feud. I no, I mean yes, but with the tag teams being the representatives of them, a big, uh, big all-out six-person tag. Maybe all-out buy-in. Hey, don't uh, don't you take the bunny off of all-out? She's not the bunny anymore. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> um, John Moxley entered to join commentary. Or do you have more things? No, to I just say wanted about to say it was overall. I thought it was a really good first twenty-five minutes to the show. Yeah, good match, good angle. What more can you want post-pay-per-view? Especially post-pay-per-view, which generally seems to fall into, like, like the last time the, the post-pay-per-view show was very kind of low-key resetting the table, and this one it's like, ooh, big moments. Was it? Last time I had Jake Roberts' debut. <laughs> well, J- Jake Roberts, yeah. Who do you want? Jake Roberts or The Revival? Well, <laughs> which one of them's going to whip their snake out on TV? Uh, John Moxley joined commentary <laughs> as Brian Cage squashed Lee Johnson. Oh, Lee Johnson, Lee Johnson, our boy. He is such good. I'm, I'm almost so upset when I see how good his gear is, and he has like multiple different versions of this gear, and it's better than like ninety percent of wrestlers. And he's like enhancement talent on on AEW. So what do you do in the rest of the wrestlers? I'm a big fan of AEW Dark. Uh, I'm not. It's a squash match show that's yeah. perfectly meaningless, and it's fine. It's but fun. like, nah. You see some cool people in there. You see uh, Musa. You see Grim. What What are your thoughts on Grim? Big friends of Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Part of. The closer knit circle of Mike Tyson. <laughs> that's that's how they got the AEW. You see Wardlow. He was on the last dark. Yeah, but they're just doing pointless squashes, and that's fine. Yeah, but I don't ever need to watch it. Not not a freaking eleven of them in a row. Yeah, but what do you want? Eleven fifteen minute matches in a row? No, I'd, I'd take like three matches, but like eleven of the same kind of match back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, it's fun. It's just excruciating, especially in front of nobody. It's even more excruciating. Yeah, because they don't even have the forty people in the crowd because they're all wrestling. <laughs> all the dark brigade are wrestling. Though all the dark brigade made dynamite tonight, so there you go. Good work, lads. Yeah, no Alan Angels, unfortunately. This was a really good squash, I thought. Like, Brian Cage, uh, uh, he's he's best served, I think, in environments where he's Mr. Get, get His Shit In. So, like, you know, when he's just there to get his shit in, I think he's much better than when perhaps he has to carry entire matches by himself. It was a minute of him doing moves. Yeah, and he killed the guy with the drill claw, which always looks like a phenomenal move, to be fair. Yeah. You hate Brian Cage, so you can't even be like, the Steiner screwdriver is cool. I mean, the Steiner Michinoku driver that he does. <laughs> That's what the drill claw is. No, the the, the Steiner screwdriver is like a sit-out tombstone. If done cool no, and by is... Scott Steiner. It's the same move. Mm. One's a tombstone, oh. one's a driver onto like the, the back. And he half the time he hits it. It's like a, a sheer drop falcon arrow. Do you want him to actually drop people on their head? Uh, Scott Steiner did. And it was did cool. Not... <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you and your relentless vendetta against poor Brian Cage. He's doing his best. Hey, when we have a good match with Mox. Uh, Taz got a good promo after the match as well. Taz, good promo. Who'd have thunk it? Beat him if you can. Survive if he lets you. But Cage's music is terrible, though. Oh, I hate the Path of Cage stuff as well. It's not good at all. It, like, because if... the natural like thing is like him and Kenny, right? Like, because the didn't didn't did it. Like, just add the didn't didn't didn't. And he's been he's been 
not building, the, but, but but angling. Angling is the word I'm looking for. He's been angling for a match with Kenny for years now. When Kenny's the champ and he needs to like have a first title defense, Cage is a good option. It's weird though. They debuted uh, uh what's his name, the guy with the Dark Order, uh, Brody Lee. <laughs> oh, that was on purpose. Don't you even claim that that was like he actually left your mind. They debuted Brody Lee and oh, he lost. What's his Mox. name? Uh, they debut Brian Cage, and I assume he's just going to lose the marks. It's a weird way to debut two guys who you'd like, in theory, who you'd be pushing as like unstoppable monsters. I mean, it's if if they do a similar finish to the Brody Leaf finish, I don't think Cage loses anything from losing that way. But like, it's still his first major match, though. Do you want these guys losing their first major match, both of them? I don't think it really matters in the long term. I think you lose a bit of that, like guy finally overcoming the person but like i also don't know if that matters that much anymore but i i still think those are uh, it's those two guys in particular though like the big unstoppable monster brian cage and the big unstoppable lance archer uh, cult leader yeah all these people are losing their first feuds which i i get there's people there that they want to push uh but it's it's i think that's a, a a problem with the way they set these people coming into two big programs at the start that's the problem with doing that in general, you know what I mean? Yeah, so they sort of eased these people into lower card programs before having them lose to Cody or Cage or to Moxley or Moxley again. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Britt Baker is telling you about the, the the rules to be a role model role with two L's now because oh, she's in a wheelchair. Very Britt, good pun. Britt Jericho. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the content of this was good, but the delivery wasn't particularly good. I don't know. I, I was entertained I thought- throughout, so... Tony hates her. <laughs> Tony's the best. Tony's just like ah. Tony was like one step of doing his what the fuck again. Well, she did. She nearly said, "Get the fuck out of my way." In the second, didn't she? <laughs> and Rebel was there again. Rebel's getting on the it's screen. Deep. Menagerie to tributes. Good stuff. I, I like. Uh, I was gonna say I almost called a Statlander. <laughs> I like Baker still, and. She'll be back at All Out, which is, I think, way longer than her action, than what Tony Big TK said on the on the presser. Well, All Out is in theory what September? Yeah, it's four months away. Yeah, so. and he said it would be two months max for her injury. So uh, maybe they saw like this is a good angle for her, so they should um basically just keep her in a wheelchair for another two months. Hey, and she doesn't have to go bump around so <laughs> or wrestle. I did. <laughs> I like how it, like her conspiracy bit was like was a complete like homage. I did enjoy the the R the bit where she was like Aubrey Edwards was there for the first one, and she was there for the second one, and she was somewhere for the third one. I was like, wow, was Aubrey really at all three? Oh no, it wasn't. It's just a good bit. Yeah, it's a good bit. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this could have been trimmed slightly. Uh, I I think you should you should put the Brit in the the more backstage or. I was gonna say or, just, like, this should have been a pre-tape scenarios. instead of being out on the ramp. So you can get rid of like awkward pauses where she's like, Rebel, go get my board. And then she just sits there and mm. there's silence for like 30 seconds as Rebel goes and gets her board. Mm. But yes, Bert is certainly better than she used to be. Yeah, she's really uh, found she... herself in this heel character. I think like she was always meant to be the heel shtick. Uh, Chris Jericho and the Inner Circle were cutting a promo before Orange Cassidy <sighs> walked across their shot. Jericho's and then they're like, ah! Jericho was mad. I, I'll be very... I'll be furious, in fact. Not very mad. I'll be furious if they do Chris Jericho against Orange Cassidy without a crowd. That's one you do save. Do not do that without an audience. Jericho and Sammy versus Orange Cassidy and Mike Tyson. 
They should do that, and, uh, and then Jericho should knock out Mike Tyson. Well, isn't like didn't Tyson say like his favorite thing? Oh, no, it was Nakazawa. I think I said this last time. I keep thinking it's Orange, but it's Nakazawa that he loves. So what you're saying is it should be uh, yes, Tyson and Nakazawa yes. against Jericho and Sammy. Nakazawa got his first win on Dark. I'll have uh, you know, good for him. Breeding, beating uh, Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler and uh, Peter Avalon on their race to the bottom. Yes, I, I really hope that's an all-out buy-in match. And they're both just... Like, that's actually... And then it's a draw. That's a good story. That's a good use of the rankings. To be like, these guys never want to match, and they're desperate. I like how it's like, ev- they're below even Lee Johnson. Yeah. Lee should win all his matches. That's the, the next key is to have them lose to, like, your Lee Johnsons and your Alan Angels. Yeah. Before they eventually do wrestle each other. Like, that that will legitimately be an all-out match that will have stakes and importance. Well, if that's it added the story a little they tell fire to a pretty nothing battle royal, so... We'll talk about the battle royal in a minute. Sheeta defeated Christy Janes in a... It was, it was fine. Yep. It was a little long for the, the newly crowned champion in a, a match against the nobody, but other than that... We're getting a lot of HBO Max plugs on this show. Uh, we are, which... Do you think uh, what's going on? Fighter Fest is coming up next. Do you think that's going to be on HBO Max? Um... As long as it's on fight, I don't care. Yeah, once once I have access to because we don't have HBO Max here. Who, so, who cares? Yeah. But, like, HBO Max is a pretty big deal. I'm getting that impression. It's it's the, the, the Warner Media streaming service. Schneider yes, so Cut's going to be on it. Stuff. And if it's like, yes. um, hey, all you nerds, <laughs> stick around and watch John Moxley versus Brian Cage. Sure. Sure. Warner would would be mad not to try and get Dyna- or AEW pay-per-views on that service, I... or at least like Dyna- Dynamite VOD on that service should be a no-brainer. If HBO Max means that we get like a mini pay-per-view in between the big fours, I will be all for it because I just think these four-month stretches are just way too fucking long. Six weeks is ideal. I've told, uh, I've, I've screamed that from the rooftops. Mm. It's like two months too long. Four yeah. weeks can be a little too short. Six weeks, perfect window. Yeah. So if we can start getting like a B-tier pay-per-view every six weeks or so and it's on HBO Max I'll be I'll be all for it mm. because like it's just it's it's why even though they do these like mini pay-per-view equivalents on TV like what well, Blood and Guts I assume would have been Bash at the Beach stuff like that and the Jericho Cruise I still need I need like I need to have the, I, I don't like having tunnel vision to these like Things that are just way out of the sight. Like, I need something to, like, get my teeth sunk. It's like how when we were complaining about NXT and their build to war games, how just every week kind of felt aimless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit kind of like, it's like that. When something is so far away, there's just nothing, nothing that's seemingly coming up. You need to have something to build to in, like, the immediate vicinity. It gives everything structure. Yeah. And maybe that's just because, you know, we grew up on WWE one pay-per-view every four weeks. And like that, we're, so we're just accustomed to. We need to have a pay per view. We need to have a pay per view. We need to have a pay per view. But well, maybe I am. <laughs> but I do. I want one still, <laughs> even if that is the case. <laughs> that's a whole generation of people that are accustomed to it. And I like as I, said, I think that format works from a storytelling perspective. I think wrestling stories generally peak in four to six weeks. Anything longer, you're stretching it out. Anything shorter, you're rushing it. And plus, I I always TV inherently is always going to feel like slightly less of a big deal, even if it's a big match on TV. It's going to feel bigger if it's headlining a pay-per-view than if it's headlining a random TV with a title defense. And the funny thing is, more people will watch the TV show, but like more people will have interest in the pay-per-view. You see that in the wrestling digital numbers every single time. Like Pay-per-view numbers, interest goes through the roof compared to television, in which more people watch it, but it, 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 it's like seen it's as less important. It's, it's perceived as less important. People... Uh, consume it as something that is less important. 
And maybe that's conditioning. So maybe if AEW spent years conditioning people to expect big TV matches to be big and important well, I, and I substantial. I think that's a middle ground. Like, especially if you're going to do a pay-per-view every six to eight weeks. Like, now that they have these B-tier pay-per-views. If you still have, like, a big Mox title defense three weeks in. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mm. need to be... We need a big title match every single week. But, like, you know, give us a... Like, the Hager match, I think, despite you not liking it. I think that's a good halfway point. Indeed. To just have a random B-tier title defense before you go on to someone else. During the break, they were filming Kenny Omega and Hyper Page in their dressing room. <laughs> With his um giant jug of milk on ice. Indeed, as one does. Ice and milk, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh, you, haven't, you haven't done that? No. You haven't had like an ice chocolate before? No. Where you just have milk and ice and then like chocolate flavoured stuff and then you have like cream and such, yeah. It's like a milkshake, but it's made... It's, it's waterier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a milkshake, but worse. Ah, I think they're refreshing. They're much easier. Yeah. It's like an iced coffee, except it's chocolate. But I don't drink coffee, so. It was very amusing. Paige spotted the camera and he was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> he, was, he was in their hotel room. <laughs> AW Spy. I hope that's like a long-term angle. It's like, it's actually somebody debuting who's actually stalking it's an, Paige it's and another hacker. Yes, uh, there's so many hackers on all of these wrestling shows. Uh, Cody Campbell comes out, cuts his big promo. He's like, I'm champion now. Look at me. I'm so cool. I like I'm this Tom one. Brady's my best friend. Uh, open challenges. I was like, wouldn't you pick, like, I don't know, a Jaguars <laughs> quarterback? Hey, yeah, there's no loyalty to, to Tony Khan's family's football team. I mean, football team. there was literally a match on the, on the I was going to say the pitch. Do Americans call it the pitch? Uh, I think they go for field, yeah. but let's stick with pitch because we're not Americans. They did, they did a match on the pitch, and there was the mascot was there, <laughs> and you got Judas effect, which was amazing. Oh, and and you had the the cheerleaders dancing to Judas. <laughs> I think I found a new kink. Uh, Leaves is going to be playing that nonstop. Whew. Uh, yeah, good, good. I, I think open challenges slightly played out, and also doing uh, announcing an open challenge gimmick when there's a battle royal on the show for number one contendership doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, but... it's in the future. Um, I actually like it because I think it's a good differentiating factor between the world title and the TNT title. I don't mind them defending the. I just I think that the open challenge thing. WWE hit on it with Cena, and it worked with Cena. And, like, every mid-card champion now does an open challenge every, like, six weeks. But this is every week. Every single week. It, it's nearly that, uh, that, or that bad sometimes. And, like, yeah, it's just it's just one of those things WWE has done too much so that I wouldn't do it. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of into it. And I think it gives Cody something to do. And an excuse to have Cody on TV every week. Well, do you need an excuse to have Cody on TV well, every there's, week? There's, well, there's been weeks where Cody hasn't appeared in any way at all. Like, it gives you a guaranteed Cody match. Oh, oh, oh that's what I'm looking for. That's a guaranteed what, that's Cody what match. their fan base is looking for. Mr. 50-50 himself. Well, Cody, yeah. But um, Cody said that he uh, likes the silver belt, and he is wrong. Uh, yeah, that belt is, is horrendous. Yeah, get some gold plating on that bitch. Uh, we then entered the AEW Dark portion of the show, as Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc defeated Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky in a number one contendership match. Which, that made no sense, because... They're not even in the top five contenders at the moment. None, none, neither of these teams are. There's another. There's obviously uh, best friends who are number one contenders. Natural nightmares. <laughs> yes, natural nightmares. Uh, the, the young bucks, the dark order, and uh, who are the lucha bros? I think are, are the four teams that are ranked ahead of these two teams. Okay. And for some reason, to these two teams fair, are having a number one contenders to match. To be fair, two of those teams can't wrestle at the moment. Still. 
The Young Bucks can. They were on the show. Yeah, but they're in a feud. <laughs> but that's not how that. That's no, not how in a, rankings Garrett, work. Garrett, you forget they're in. A, they're in a feud. But uh, with who? Uh, with FTR and the Butcher and the Blade. <laughs> so and then the Natural Nightmares, who are also apparently yeah, there should have been a three-way tag. <laughs> it should have been Natural Nightmares, just Kip and Havoc. I guess I like Kippen. Why? What? The, 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 neither of these teams are in the top five. This is why you. This is actually the first time we talked about rankings in weeks and weeks and weeks because it's the first time it's been the even remotely relevant on this television show. They don't. They don't. But but if you if you use them, you have to make them make sense, and you can't have two teams who are ranked out of the top hey, five having a number one Gar- contenders match. Extenuating circumstances. Okay. Fight you. Uh, Havoc and Sabian won. They face Omega and Page next. Week. <laughs> Imagine if Havoc and Sabian win. <laughs> <laughs> and then they face best friends for the tag belts at Fighter Fest. Oh, I'll stop watching the show. I like Kip and Havoc together better than separate. Yeah, but they should only do plunder. Uh, well, yeah, next week make it a plunder match. They would have a really sure. fun plunder match with Kenny and Hangman. And set it in a bar. I have faith that they'll have a really good match with Kenny and Hangman in general, but that's because Kenny and Hangman are a very good tag the team. the best tag team in the world. <laughs> We had an MJF promo, which, uh, who cares about uh, MJF? The most important thing, uh, the most important thing here was they teased the day, the, the, the tension between Wardlow and MJF. It's too soon. I, I think, honestly, it's not soon enough. He should turn on him next week it's and then beat soon. MJF, and MJF should be just kicked back to MLW. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. It is, it's too soon to even remotely tease something. Like, it, it, this shouldn't happen for two years, yeah. never mind two months. But now that we've learned Wardlow's thirty-two, <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe it is time. <laughs> yeah, this should have this should have been a bigger deal. Maybe they're just going to set but it like, up and they won't deliver it for like another year. But and maybe like the yeah, it depends how often they tease something like this. Whether it's it's if it's it gets once dropped for like three months, months and then they bring it up again, maybe. So yeah, they should basically like, like each period between dissension should d- decrease. So like the next one should be in four months, then three months, then two months, and then eventually he snaps. Maybe they've realized that. Dissension has like been their best star maker so far, because <laughs> it's like it's worked with Hangman. Yeah, this should have Wardlow kill him. Wardlow um, should beat John Moxley. Wardlow should. This should be the Wardlow. Wardlow show. should answer the open challenge and beat Cody instead of MJF. <laughs> I've abandoned my in very particular circumstances. Yes, because Wardlow is the, the fucking train. sickest. Um, well, then now that we're here, Garrett, shall we mm. roll back to Droman's uh, question? Which was, Which was, how do you see Wardlow splitting from MGF, and who do you think will be the person to get him to the main event scene? The answer is Kenny Omega. Continue. Uh, they should do another battle royal like this. Uh, MGF eliminates Wardlow after Wardlow does all the heavy lifting, and then he snaps. And then who do you think is the feud that gets Wardlow over the top? Well, it's Kenny Omega. Come on. Because <laughs> well, Kenny's going to make a star out of anyone they need him to, in like, especially like two years down the track, once he's been world champion three times. Speaking of battle royals, we had the biggest nerd battle royal in the history of Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> all of the nerds. Orange Cassidy, MJF, Wardlow, Billy. It had Billy, uh, B- Luther, <laughs> Billy, Luchasaurus, Marcus Dunn, no Spaces. <laughs> uh, which is uh, a tribute to Billy and Chuck, of course. Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon, Sonny Kiss, Daniels, and uh, Jungle Boy. Won by Jungle Boy. So many nerds. Dark showed up in force. Did you see the dark clip? <laughs> I'm talking about AW Dark mm. a lot. Um, did you see the dark clip of Sonny Kiss's like, axe kick? <laughs> No. It was so fucking sick and so brutal. He did like that like that flip down with like kick and just murdered. Sunny Kiss is one of the few dark people that I would like to see on Dynamite more. Yeah. Well like they're doing a team with Sunny and Joey as like South Jersey scumbags. 
uh, as one does. So like a bit more of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jungle Boy won. Jung- the Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy had a fun little closing stretch. Otherwise, this match was abysmal. Hmm. Uh, Santana Ortiz beat up O.C. Yes, so Orange Cassidy will be, in fact, feuding with the Inner Circle. Which I assume means the best friends will be feuding with them, too. No best friends on this show. Uh, well, they have their tag match coming out. I, I did like Chuck tweeted, and I'm on contendership <laughs> match if I've been fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which brings us to our show closing angle. Hell yeah. It's Enochism time, baby. As Jericho uh, and the Inner Circle had a, a fun little pe- uh, pep rally, the highlight of which was that they printed Inner Circle wins stadium stampede t-shirts <laughs> and they, had to, they like, dumped them off. Maybe they the should crowd. be selling the jerseys. I would. I, I want one of the jerseys, Liam. I'm so upset they're not selling them yet. I would frame the jersey. I would buy an Inner Circle jersey. Yeah. Who gives a? Let's just ignore the first ten minutes of the segment. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was the first 10 segments. The first 10 minutes. I good mean, it's, it's good Chris Jericho fun. Chris Jericho fun. Then Mike Tyson as his crew came out. Yeah! <laughs> oh, the, the, I, I thought the pull-apart was good. I'll give him that. But the build-up to the pull-apart was like the cringiest, most awful thing I've seen on the, this show in a long time. That's that, that Mike was Tyson didn't give a shit. <laughs> He did not take it seriously. He had who was the guy next to? Him? Have we worked out who the guy he, next to him was? Apparently, he's some like dude who's like just some rich kid, like who's like lives off his like like I don't know if like lives off his dad's money, but like lives off his dad's fame or whatever and notoriety, and he's just like in Tyson's crew. He had no business on television. Like the fact that that uh, whoever was like uh, Tony Khan apparently runs Gorilla. The fact that Tony Khan saw him and let him walk out his entrance tunnel. Everyone else, I think it's, it's, fine. <laughs> Especially like that. Henry Cejudo, who should have got way more play for being out there. Someone who was a multi-division UFC champion like two weeks ago. I don't know all these UFC people. But, they're they're but, Garrett, even 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 so, <laughs> you surely can understand the magnitude of having someone who was a two-division champion, a really recognizable fighter, was two weeks ago, and like he we barely to got focus any on play. The doof with the the next to him, he's just. It's fine. Don't oh. worry about it. And Excalibur tried so hard because he's like, "Oh, Henry Cejudo, Henry Cejudo, oh, Henry Cejudo's getting the fight." But he's like, "Come on!" Mm. And Rashad Evans was there. Rashad Evans is really cool. And Victor Belfort was also there. No good. No good. Like, uh, like the idea is to get mainstream publicity. The idea is for this clip to go everywhere, and you don't want this clip going everywhere. You don't want that clip of Tyson doing the weird flexing and smiling His thing. His weird mate with face. fucking eyeliner on. Yeah, you do not, like, uh, if, if I were AW, I would, the clip I sent to the media would be cut the second the pull-apart starts. Yeah. No earlier. Yeah, which I think they did, to be fair. Uh, well, the, 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 the clip they posted on TNT started from, or the TNT Twitter started from They posted uh, two of them. Entrance. So uh, um, they should have trimmed that down. CNN covered it. And you know, in the WWE section, ah, <laughs> uh, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I've always been of the opinion these celebrity things never work, and you shouldn't do them. I mean, because like, like you want, you want people to think Kenny Omega is a mainstream star. You don't want to bring mainstream stars to, to make people think Kenny Omega is a mainstream star. It's the exact like, complaint like, we had not... with we were talking about the Game Awards. Yeah, when Vin Diesel comes out and goes, and they all go, "Whoa, there's a real celebrity here." <laughs> like, look, there's a real actor. Fuck all these other guys. Look, there's a real one, and he's gonna talk about his video game. He does movies because movies are better than video games. That's what this was. Yeah, I assume this is actually built into a match at least. Oh, uh, you have to just assume all out is gonna be Jericho Tyson in some manner. 
Jericho's the right person to do that with, mm. even if I don't think I want it. It'll probably it'll get some mainstream buzz. The, him actually doing a match should. The idea is like you go in to watch Tyson Jericho and you stick around to watch Omega and Moxley or whatever. Yeah. And then you go, ooh, who's this guy? Well, realistically, what will happen is the, the people who like boxing don't like wrestling, so they're just not going to watch wrestling. Well, you know? the thing is, though, like, Tyson does have that reach where he's no longer just the boxing fan guy. Like, there's a lot of people mm. who just know Tyson for being Tyson. From The Hangover. Well, yeah, like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of people who know him from The Hangover, but, like, Tyson's just one of those figures now. Where it's, it's, it's reach out beyond the sport. Honestly, his crew felt very like something out of The Hangover. <laughs> Musa and Grimm. Yes. Uh, I, I like the idea that Tyson watches Dark every week. And he's like, these guys. These are my, my boys. Posse. No Alan Angels. What the fuck? I think a decent episode of Dynamite. Yeah. There was a... Th- I would say inconsistent. The first 25 minutes were definitely the highlight. The Kate Squash was good. Some of the promos were good. The, the freaking... Battle Royal was awful, and the main event segment was pretty bad. We've, we've gone so long without Hangman. I would have liked some Hangman. Well, you're getting him in a tag title match next week. Yeah. But you know what I mean, though? It's like, we already mm. went two months without Hangman wrestling in a ring. Uh, well, yeah, he wrestled on a horse. Yeah, who <laughs> called that shit? He didn't do a buckshot off a horse, though. There so. was like three spots in that stadium stampede match that I called before they happened. Mm. And I was like, did I write this segment? So that's, that probably just tells you that they did a very good job executing that segment if the stuff they did made sense and you were thinking about it beforehand. Well, I'm definitely the guy that they're, like, aiming for. The guy's like, oh, this guy will get all the memes. You're a meme. I am a meme. You heard it here first. On the topic of memes, that takes us to WWE NXT. Biggest meme which, of all. God, it opened with uh, Yowie, Drake Maverick wowie. defeating Kushida and Jake Atlas to qualify for the finals of the Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. I hated this finish it just doesn't make so sense much. for drake maverick because you want to root for him you don't want him to be getting through by the skin of his teeth the, the whole story with drake maverick is that you want to see him fighting and fighting and earning his spot back and then he gets cut off at the end you're meant to feel really bad for him but he's not fighting he's like getting through because other people are fucking up <laughs> yeah the fluke win against kushida uh, slipping a banana peel and this uh, this week where kushida has jake atlas in the armbar and drake maverick just rolls his arm uh, like uh, I'd still hate it if it was ju- like I think it would be a bad finish if it was just uh, Drake Maverick put his hand over Atlas and pinned him but the fact that Atlas also tapped out before the three <laughs> made it like even less of a legitimate win for the plucky underdog babyface it's just so stupid by the same pinning logic Kushida was pinning him with his legs <laughs> yes yes Kushida should have been pinning him so it's a, it's a draw that's it's it's one of those finishes that's just like look how creative this is and then you think for a single solitary second about it and you're like it doesn't make sense well, on a logical level it doesn't make sense on a booking level and it doesn't make sense on a character level yeah well the character thing was like out of the window completely but there was a way to do the actual finish and make it logical <laughs> but it's just they chose to do it in the most skin of your teeth bare minimum shit possible and uh WWE are doing their shitty ass exploitative storyline where they fired a guy and brought him back and made a fight for his job and they can't even do that story well they can't even do their shitty exploitative story properly ah this company is so bad they can't even do a good underdog babyface story fighting for his career without completely undermining it Jake Atlas had cool gear and they're like no I'm not done and they're like (laughs) 
that it, it, it repeatedly underlines that they don't understand what makes Rockstar good as a performer. That they feel like he needs to get those cheap ways out every time. They don't understand what makes him special. They don't understand why people connect with him. So they can't have him win legitimately because he's small. Even by going through the whole logical character build, which should be, you know, he's fighting people who are better than him, but he's he's getting there and, he, and he's getting the wins through his heart and determination. And he's getting there, he's climbing, he's climbing. The obvious conclusion to that is you have someone in the finals who is a dis- like an absolutely despisable heel who you- you're like, oh, he has to beat this guy and he has to get through him, but I don't think he can. But it's like, no, you've just had some dude. Some dude mm-hmm. is at the it's end. It's Phantasma. Another baby face. It's not even a heel. It's yeah. a baby face. Like the final boss should have been some heel that you're like, oh, he- we're rooting for him. and He's going to get there. He's going to get there. But he has to get through this one bad guy. The one, the worst guy in the tournament. But it's like, no, didn't do that. They can't. They just can't tell stories. They don't know how to do it anymore. Like they legitimately, they just don't know how to do it anymore. And kidnappings. Uh, yeah, there's more kidnappings. Sure. <laughs> Yay. Triple Threat in your house announced it'll be Charlotte, Rhea, and Gale for the title. There you go. You excited? Should be another person in there after tonight. <laughs> Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae came out and cut the to cut just, a promo. And th- this is. This is where the crowd very much annoyed me because the crowd <laughs> obnoxiously overbooed him, <laughs> and I'm just like, shut up! Well, they were just, shut they up. Were just upset because they were standing for ten hours. That's true. This is this is a protest against WWE forcing for, forcing these poor people to stand there all day. But like, uh, I, I've never bumped on the way AEW's crowd behaves because they don't really. One, they're further back, so you hear them more as like a cacophony of noise as opposed to you know right up against the barricade rail. Probably because they're allowed to sit down. <laughs> so the, yeah, that does help but like even WWE can't do putting people at ringside to make noise without them just overdoing it in a way that's annoying <laughs> yeah it's funny the first match I didn't even notice there was a crowd I, yeah, I, I actually I, I ranted about the match I thought the, the actual action of the match was actually pretty yeah good. like but I was, I mean, I was watching the match and I didn't even occur to me for a second that there was people in the crowd cheering or booing or whatever Stuck behind our plexiglass, Liam. Maybe you, you just you couldn't see through the plexiglass. It's Bloody JR took a bit of a dig at them today, huh? Yeah. Go JR. The war uh, rages on. Speak, speaking of open challenges, Johnny Gargano introduced the Johnny Gargano Invitational, which was answered by Adrian Alanis, in whom he promptly squashed. With the Johnny Gargano Invitational, does he have like a big box out the back and they all put like write their name and they put it in there and because that's how he gets it? Or did he just like see someone write their name on and go, this is the guy. Uh, I would imagine his invitation was entirely a sham oh. and he just picked this guy to die. His whatever, evolved member. I would like there to be a ballot box out the back. A sign-up sheet. Yeah, and everyone just puts their name in and he just... Sh- and then he shoot, brings the name out. <laughs> Mia Yim and Keith Lee spoofed the Garano and uh, Candice LeRae dinner segments. They pointed uh, out how I, stupid I, it is. Which is, is nice. Well, I suppose it's heels, so it's fine pointing out how stupid the heels are. But it's like, they, they, they point out how, like, the editing of the segments are dumb. <laughs> well, maybe they did the dumb editing of the segments to then satirize it. Uh, it's, it's the long-term NXT storytelling that we're not giving credit to. They had empty plates. Mia said, like, Candace, you've been around here forever, but you haven't won titles. Neither have you! <laughs> you probably, you've both been around at roughly the same time. <laughs> you can't throw shade at Candace for not winning a title. You haven't either. It's true. But alas, uh, yeah, so the, the, those are... Well, Johnny is a ta- Johnny and Keith Lee's a takeover match. It's for me and Candace isn't yet, is it? The buy-in. The, the takeover by uh, takeover outside your house. It hasn't started yet. <laughs> the takeover backyard match. 
Uh, yes, indeed. They better bring out uh, the old I... In Your House, like, set. Set. Otherwise, what's the point? Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez. Poor Shotzi. Catch dives! Oh, Would you catch dives? Geez. I'm so sick of watching these wrestling shows and seeing people not catch dives. And I saw someone posit the theory that it happens more often when you put two people to catch a dive because, you know, people don't take accountability. They rely like, too much I'm going on the to be the person, person to do it. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh Raquel is going to catch him. But to be then, fair, uh, Raquel Raquel's probably like, oh, should catch him more. <laughs> yes. But, like, it's just, just catch people. For the love of mm. God, can we start catching people? God, she, that was a rough one. This happened, like, this happened so much in the last couple of years where people have just stopped catching dives. And people are like, oh, dives are dangerous. It's like, they're not. It's, it's like, you're supposed to just come down harmlessly because the people below you are supposed to be trained professional wrestlers who can catch you. They're, it's as dangerous as anything else is. Yeah, it's probably less dangerous than taking a regular bump if you have professionals below you who are going to catch you. Mm. It probably does happen more when there's a huge crowd because they're just like, ah, someone else will get them. Uh, take accountability, wrestlers. Come on. Um, of course, Dakota Kai got in the tank. Stole the tank. Didn't shoot anything. And then, yeah. <laughs> Tegan Knox came out. And she had pizza earlier in the day. She did. Which is why she probably wasn't wrestling. She, she was full. The Candace showed up. Keep going. Um... And then that happened, and then there was a match. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Liam has so much to say about NXT. We had a video package for Damian Priest versus Finn Balor. And oh wait, Balor said he will. Oh yeah, go on. Damian Priest. Oh, I went Scottish immediately. I was practicing this <laughs> earlier. Oh, I have to go like the snakes in the back. The snakes in the back. I'm gonna bury you. <laughs> <laughs> you still went Scottish. I know I practiced this uh, okay I have to go like really offensively Irish first so like I have go to go on. like oh hoity toity fucking yeah border, and then and go from there Very to go racist. like oh hoity toity oh fucking bury you there you go <laughs> there you go you didn't slip into Scottish <laughs> uh, he's gonna bury him he's gonna bury for him the boys <laughs> I just ended to Drew McIntyre <laughs> oh the boys in the back oh <laughs> uh. I hate Finn. That's me. No, actually, I kind of, I now kind of ironically enjoy Finn. Well, yeah, because it's so over the top now. It's funny. Charlotte Flair and Chelsea Green defeated Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. So we did those two DQ finishes <laughs> so that Char- Charlotte could just go and pin Io in this match. She had her feet in the ropes, but still, she just pinned her. I hope we, the twist we couldn't is pin that her Io last just week. pins we Charlotte. We pin her now. At the pay, doesn't say the pay per view, but I hope Io pins Charlotte now. And like they put Chelsea Green in this match. Have Chelsea take the fall, for the love of God. It's just, it's gonna be Rhea beats here, and then Charlotte's gonna fuck off back to so Raw. I'm gonna be so upset if Charlotte does not take the fall in that match. I will be mad online. And then Chelsea Green fired Tony Khan. Poor Robbie got sacked. Chelsea, Chelsea had one amount of success, and then she fired her manager. He's gonna have to run back to Aaliyah. <laughs> hey, hey, remember me? Wanna wanna be a part of the team? He should he should bring in Rob Terry. He should just just bring in Robbie T and they should run rough and Robbie T should be the ward low of NXT. Hey. Uh, just like Raquel Raquel is the male of NXT. How dare you? That, then they Robbie will T's run wild. Wardlow. Welsh Wardlow. I'll bring back um Big Barry. Who? Mason Ryan. Why did you call him Big Barry? Because he's Barry Griffiths. 
Barry, Barry Griff something. That's his name on the indies. Why do you know why? Why do you know Mason Ryan's name? Because that's he was TW. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought that this match was actually pretty good. It was a good match. I don't remember it. There you go. Tons to say about WWE NXT. Oh, I don't even want to talk uh, about the next segment. Oh, Cole and Regal. You're super into that. I don't want to. It's just who <laughs> could care ever. It's going to be a cinematic match. It will be a cinematch. The, uh, Regal announced that he will, uh, Cole will face a Velveteen Dream at a location it's, of Regal's choosing. It's going to be the Velveteen Nightmare. Uh, it's going to be a Velveteen Nightmare. In, it's going to be a Velveteen Nightmare and it's going to be in a literal house. And what if he wins? <laughs> I refuse. Why is he getting another title shot? I don't like that William Regal Man of Fairness is like, oh, this man is going to get another title well, match. He's a baby because he's like, well, he was screwed out of it. He's going to face him what in a house and all of the Undisputed Era are not going to be able to get into the house. And they're going to be like trying to get into the door and they're just going to be failing. And then they're going to go into like a bedroom or something and then Dexter Loomis is going to like appear from under a bed. They won't have the in-your-house set on the show itself, but they will fight in the no, no. in-your-house set. There will be, will be the, the in-your-house set will lead to an actual house. And I think you're <laughs> under... It's going to start like in the ring and they're going to fight in front of the in-your-house set, they're going to open the door, and they're going to magically transport into an actual house. Probably an actual house of an NXT viewer, in quotation marks, who are watching the show, and then they're going to fight there, and then Dexter Loomis is going to appear from under a bed. I'm into it. If this happens, <laughs> I quit. I think we all royalties at this stage. Uh, from both companies. Just let it be known. I've said it now. That's Liam's lock of the week. When is this show? June 7th. Takeover. There you go. Uh, only Lorcan and Danny Birch had a, a, a feature. They've only been around for four years and they're finally telling us who they are. Having a um, beer with the boys. I like the way they're like, we're on a roll now. They won two matches against Everrise. And it's like, yeah, we're the best team in this company. Eh, oh, eh, oh. Good so thing. they will, that's likely the takeover match, uh, them against Imperium. So there you go. That'll be a good match, though. That'll be the tradition of NXT TakeOvers having, like, a four-star tag match to open the show. Uh, yeah, probably will be. Uh, Champa squashed Leon Ruff before then cutting a promo. Or cu- the other way around. Uh, Killer Cross cut a promo on him while Scarlett watched on. You know what? I'll give Champa some credit. He's a fun squash guy to watch. Because he just does knees and shit. Hits his knees and then hits his angel's wings and everyone's happy. So, Garrett, we didn't talk about yes. this before, but... um. Uh, the big the big Twitter rumor is that Cole's contract's coming up in the summer. Mm. Do you think there's even remote chance that we on AW Dynamite Adam Cole returns from the dead because he is canonically dead in the Elite Verse? Like the, the, there there should be an offer for him. He's a big star. You should offer. I think so AW is already pretty full. They don't have a lot of roster spots. Fair, they can't just they keep adding people. They have a lot of mid card and below. They're they're not they they're so they're, many a, they're they're a pair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, they're very bottom heavy. Yeah, but so, like still they're still added. Like they still have that layer of like Jungle Boy, uh, Darby Allen, MJF, and, and Sammy Guevara, <laughs> and they keep bringing people in on top so, of like, that. Maybe Marty showing up soon. Uh, he was on being the elite. That's obviously the one sign he's back. He's back, bro. Villain Enterprises. Yeah, buying the Dark Order. <laughs> Like bringing in the revival, bringing in Cage, bringing in Matt Hardy, bringing in Brody Lee. Adam like Cole. You, you, you are running out of room at the well, top. Well, they're going to start a second show eventually. But I don't want a second. I like really. I I don't want another like two hours of AEW every week. I like just having two hours of Dynamite and Dark exists for me never to watch. I think you still have to make an offer to Adam Cole of all people. 
Yeah, and the WWE will probably make a, a counter offer, like, and wherever he goes, he goes. I don't think you make an offer to like a Cameron Grimes level guy, but I think you make an offer to an Adam Cole because, like, regardless. But you see, I, I I kind of disagree. I think Cameron Grimes is like more valuable than all of the dark nerds that were in that battle royal. So, like, if you if you slot Cameron Grimes into one of those people's roles in AEW, the show gets better. Adam Cole is like a legitimate like star. <laughs> And it would be a big blow to NXT to lose them. It's, Plus, like, that, there's you know. also, yeah, there's that value. Is like, you take the shot at NXT as well. Mm. It'll be very interesting, and it will be a sign even more so that AEW's a bigger player than people think they are. Because, like, even though they obviously are... They have John Moxley! Hey, <laughs> hey, even though they obviously are, there's still some people uh. that, like, mm, you know what I mean? And I think those people would be the ones who would be like, oh, fuck, Adam Cole... <laughs> Because like it's that fan. They base. have John Moxley. Yeah, people have already discredited John Moxley. Brings us to our main event in a fight pit match with special guest referee Kurt Angle. Timothy Thatcher defeated Matt Riddle. Did you like this more or less than their match? It was a couple weeks ago. It's ruled. It's about the same. Just this did. I didn't like the ref pause, and I didn't like the one count they did. But they did only one count. So I didn't like that. the, Other the fake blood. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I wrestling matches are built on momentum, and I thought this match started really well because they they came flying out of the gate. Riddle did that cool like tumble off a cage into a, a kick or a knee or whatever it was, and they they really got into it from the very beginning. And then they did the ref stoppage and they slowed it down. And they went to break the game back, and then they just did the rest of their match. And the rest of their match was great. Stop doing ref stoppages. Stop doing counting spots, which thankfully they only did one of. Uh, but yeah, uh, this was great. I like this a lot. I like this much more. I'll give this match a lot of credit too because. This is the first time in a while, I don't know how long, but they've done, like, this is a brand new match type that has a brand new look that looks really cool. Yeah, and uh, it's felt different on NXT, and, like, I don't like grappling, and, uh, you see, I, I think grappling either has to be very stylish or very explosive, otherwise it's boring, mm. and this was very explosive, so I was super into it. Like, you know what the last time I felt, like, when I saw something like this was when I saw Ultimate X? Obviously mm. not as spectacular, but just like visually distinct matchup and a visually distinct match type that you can go back to. Uh, the, the, the problem is though, uh, I, I think this particular match type to do it well, you need a particular you need to be Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, you need a particular set of skills, <laughs> and like Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher have those particular set of skills. But, but adversely, I think like chuck a fucking chuck a ricochet in there and see what wacky shit he pulls off. He will do a double moonsault off of the platform. That is true. Um, there was one problem I did have with this match, though. What was it? So, the way they built this match up, right? Uh-huh. It was supposed to be like... Like the lion's den. Like, it's, it's like a shoot, you know what I mean? Like, it's a very serious... We've chucked him in there to beat the hell out of each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just get him in there and let them fight. And they immediately discredited that stipulation by having a cameraman in the pit... Like, yeah. if you're just chucking these two people... Like, it's meant to be like the Colosseum and there's two warriors in there just fighting to the death. But you have you have a civilian in there. That'd be like if the UFC chucked a cameraman in while a fight was happening. And, like, the, the, the thing that always baffled me is, like, TNA solved this problem 15 years ago. <laughs> but it's like, even with cage matches in WWE, they don't have a, a cameraman in there. Like, they've done it before, but I don't think every single cage match, they just have a guy sitting in the corner. Especially in such a small cage. And like people would be like, oh, you shouldn't shoot through the cage. And I agree. But cut holes. Like, TNA solved this problem 15 years ago. Just cut little camera holes in the cage to shoot through. This isn't rocket science. I don't even mind if you have someone in the corner of, like, the little, like, perch area. Because you had a ref up there. 
But having someone literally in the corner of the ring, in the cage, was like, it just instantly killed the credibility of the matchup to me. I did, I did like the the, the the idea of the Roman Colosseum. It's like, uh, you will fight to the death, hmm. and you will be filmed by Jerome over here. <laughs> Ted will be in the corner shouting, world star. <laughs> it was a good match, though. Yeah, but like, I just, I remember watching that, I was like... Because like, it's like, they also they portray it as brutal the entire time. Like, oh, we can't have a regular ref, and then we have to have Kurt in there, and t- Tim's teeth are flowing out of his mouth. But it's like, don't worry, Steve's in there. Makes him sure he gets all the good shots. They, uh, I just thought that was very silly. Because like, imagine in a real like a real MMA contest, if they just had a cameraman in the ring constantly moving around. <laughs> like that's just insanely stupid. Uh, Thatcher choked him out. Yeah. NXT. Pun? I didn't hate it as much as usual. That's a plus. Sorry, I looked at my phone. <laughs> Pitch- <laughs> I got a picture of Ellen Page sent to me. We have like three minutes left on this podcast. Can you wait until then to look at your pictures of Ellen Page? I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, match of the week. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll probably give it to the... As much as I just, <laughs> I just spent all that time ragging on it. I'll give it to the Thatcher and Riddle because I really like that match. Yeah, that, that was easily the best match this week. But uh, a pretty large margin. There wasn't a bunch of great wrestling on AEW this week, was there? No, like the opening six-man was probably the second best match. Yes, it was fun, but nothing special. I won't be like, oh, that six-man that opened AEW Dynamite. Whereas I will probably be like, oh, yeah, the fight pit match. That was fun. Like, like which match am I more likely to go back and watch sometime? Probably that fight pit match. If nothing else, because it was visually cool. Show of the week. A-E-O-U-E. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, the, I, did, I, uh, I didn't hate or love either of these shows. I'm relatively indifferent to both of them. I think both had good points and both had bad points, but I'm probably leaning slightly toward AEW. Slightly. Yeah, I'm about the same. Uh, poll, 75% AEW, 25% NXT, so... It didn't matter who I voted for. Once Garrett bothered to remember the password to the account. Uh, listen, because I have a new computer and it didn't, for some reason, my Chrome password thrown not autosave, whereas my Firefox ones do. I should probably look into that. But alas, Thank God. there we go. Liam was here to save the day. You you did save us from uh, not being able to post a poll. And speaking of so saving the day, go listen to me on Amakase, <laughs> in which I yes. saved the day. Um, it was a long podcast. It was like two hours almost. And that's not that long. Well, it's long because like our podcast is like an hour and fifteen minutes our max. Yes, this is this is going to be one of the longer episodes that we've done. Yeah. So like, uh, what do we talk about? We reviewed Double or Nothing. We mm-hmm. did the five matches, and then we spent like you got you got the Naito Omega debates that you wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> go listen to it for that. I wrote a little speech, <laughs> and then we talked about like mid. Well, not even mid. We talked about all of the 2010s of New Japan for like half an hour at the end. So a uh, fun time was had by all. Mm, it was really fun. And there was some technical issues, but <laughs> we got past them. And hopefully we'll give it a second shot with less technical issues one day. <laughs> and you'll be able to vote in the Omakase Awards this Ooh. year. I also, I want to get in on a draft. So this is my a formal call out of John to get me in on a draft. There you go. You can follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod, where you can vote in the follow. You can follow me on Twitter at Garakin. You can follow nope. me on Twitter at Larkin, but... Again, he'll only let you win if you're a, a high-profile influencer. If yeah, <laughs> if, if you're, if you have a tick, or if you're got a decent amount of followers, or if you have scoops, <laughs> they're my three requisites. 
if you would like more elite coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to everything elite. If you'd like more WWE television coverage in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Shay and Robes. If you'd like more Liam huh? in your podcasting feed, you can listen to Wrestling Omakase. Huh? Thanks for listening, man. Bye bye. I have no ending. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.